Lomas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. For the next three to four years, I'll be taking my talent to the University of... (laughs) Oklahoma. Well, fans needed some good recruiting news, and they got it from Devon Mitchell with the commitment to the University of Oklahoma football team over the weekend. Tied in, five-star in the 25 class, reclassifying to the 24 class. Um, Going to be a little bit of a shakeup there in his rating. Um, top 100 as of right now, four-star top 100. We'll see what happens as he plays through his, uh, his final year of high school football. But uh, big get for Oklahoma. What I like the most about it, Tyler, is... We continue to see Oklahoma win recruiting battles against other top schools. Alabama, uh, Miami, who, you know, has been very competitive since the NIL situation has started up. So I like it. I think it's a big get for them. Um, you know, he's he's saying that he's bringing other guys with him. He's, he's turning into a salesman for Oklahoma. We'll see what happens. It was, in my opinion, the biggest moment so far for the 2024 class getting a five-star in 2025 a real dude a real position of need going into your first year in the sec with life after austin stogner beating miami in the bag beating alabama joe john's probably the, the biggest commit maybe he's gotten in his coaching career it was the biggest moment of this recruiting class so far i don't think it will be the biggest moment of the entire class i think david stone or williams winary Who's now the number one overall player in on threes rankings would be a would be a bigger moment, but at least up to this point, that was I think that's the happiest OU fans have been so far this recruiting cycle, and rightfully so. The type of player and the position that man that was a real position of need. It is a real position of need, and no. I mean it's 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 not necessarily just a luxury that you can say, all right, you might be coming in a year younger. Let's let you get in the program one or two years for your big play. You may be counting on this kid right away. Yeah. Right away. And that's okay. At least I'm okay with it, seeing as he's already six foot four, 251 pounds. Well, you just got to keep improving the roster. You just got to keep adding top flight guys, top 100 guys, uh, high four stars, five star guys. You, you need a roster that's got, you know, Two or three of those guys in in every grade level, right? You you start to get more and more in stockpile players. It helps depth wise, just helps you all the way around. Now, I caught something really interesting in there. Whenever you were uh, talking, you said you don't think this is going to be the biggest moment of this recruiting class. Yeah. Are you? Where are you at on either Stone or the uh, Winery I, I mean, I, I think that 
I think they lead on both right now. I, I mean, I think st- I think Winery is – I think that one might be, if of the two, which is going to be the more difficult to get a commit from or in terms – you know, I, I, I think that Georgia is a player for Winery. Um, Missouri's in the top three. I don't really think it is. Like, I, I guess I don't see a clear number two with Stone like I do with Winery, if that makes sense. I think that there are others in the David Stone recruitment, don't get me wrong. And if Oregon really wants to present a nice offer, I'm, I'm sure that they will at some point if they haven't already. I, I just feel more confident in David Stone, but I think OU leaves for both right now. Now, when's the last time we had the number one overall player? I know we've had the number one player at some position groups, but when's the last time we had the number one player overall? If it had to have been Adrian Peterson in 2004. Wasn't Is it he, that long? Wasn't he the number one overall player in the 04 class? At least by one service, I think he was. I have no idea. Well, I, yeah, he had to have been because he's one of those guys that's on the all-time list for like yeah, like the top ten highest rated ever, right? Omar was up there as well um, in that class. But I think AD, yeah, AD was one in 04. That would be the last time. So – Caleb Williams, or, or he was just the number one quarterback. He wasn't the number one overall. Well, was he even ranked higher than Brock Vandegrift at the time? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure if he was. Okay. So it's been a while, especially whenever that guy's a defensive player. Well, yeah, I mean, think about it this way. When's the last time this has happened? Um, when Ari will be a con- consensus top ten player. Well, I don't know consensus, but he'll be – when you average all the recruiting rankings out between the three, four services – He'll be a top ten player. David Stone's got a chance to be that too. They could get two top ten players on the defensive line. That would be – I mean, I think everyone knows how big that would be, but it'd be one of the bigger things that's happened to OU recruiting in quite some time at that well, position. What's crazy, though, is a year ago they got one top ten guy on the defensive line, and where was the safety? He ended up being a little bit Peyton further Bowen. back. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, he – I think 24-7 may have dropped him to a four-star, but he was still a top, I think, 50 player overall. But, like, three top ten players on the line of scrimmage in two years? I I don't know if that's ever happened. Well, and, and Parker and I were talking about just that. Um, your second year in the SEC is we, we've seen what defensive fronts have looked like here recently, but if, and it's an if, if you were to get Stone and Winery, you could have a defensive front your second year in the SEC that consists of P.J. Atabare as a junior, David Stone, Williams, Winery as sophomores, and then a guy like R. Mason Thomas, who's a senior. Now, I don't know if that yeah. would be your exact starting four, but you know what I mean. They're like, there's four that you feel would feel pretty good about. Yeah. In a conference, it's still about defensive linemen. Yeah. Well, well um, that would be good. Now – I don't know. Is that even is that even a legitimate thing, I to try and pull both of those guys, or is it going to have to be one or the other? Um, is it legitimate to get both? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very legitimate. Wow. I mean, they wouldn't wow. get this deep into the process if it wasn't legitimate that they couldn't get both. Right. Yeah. Huh. All right. I like it. I like it. There's reasons to be optimistic about defensive line recruiting. Now, I, I'm burned by last year as well, just like everyone else is, but today was actually a happy day doing the recruiting show after Devon Mitchell committed on Saturday. 
It was a nice change. Would you like to take one more guess as to who the number one overall player was Caleb Williams year? Caleb Williams was number seven. In 2019, um, I'm going to guess like uh, Kayvon Thibodeau or Nolan Smith who ended up at Georgia. Nope. Wrong year. He was so good that he reclassified. I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of Rattler's year, sorry. Rattler's year was 20, 2019. Yep. This kid was so good that he reclassified and was still the number one overall player in the class, and he's not even picked to be um, a first-team all-conference oh. player this year. Yeah, your you, you boy who we keep talking about, <laughs> Quinn Ewers. Yeah. Quinn Ewers. There you go. Quinn Ewers. Yeah, how about that? Caleb Williams, who, who was, won a Heisman Trophy, um, wasn't ranked as high as Quinn Ewers, who's done. What, what has Quinn Ewers accomplished so far? I mean, I know he beat OU last year, um, but outside that, not, not a whole lot to speak of. Really? I don't know that anyone on this list outside of Caleb Williams has accomplished anything. A lot of guys that, well, Dallas Turner's number nine. He's, he's a really good player. Uh, but some other guys I, uh, I haven't even heard of. All right, well, that would be impressive if they were able to land two top ten guys after landing a, a top five guy last year. And, who? I don't know. I mean, I know they're in a good spot on both. It would just be an absolute coup if they were able to land both of them. I just hope they get one. Yeah. 54 days until kickoff. 54 days until the start of, um, well, College football is going to – it's not going to look the same after this year. Four-team playoff into a 12-team playoff. It's going to look uh, quite different. Now, this goes to the real question here, but when I ask you, like, the the real offensive-driven programs right now, who do you you immediately think of? Lincoln Riley would be one of them, obviously. Yeah. Who are the other offensive-driven head coaches that you immediately think of in that group with him? Uh, are we talking about like a, just at the top end? Yeah, yeah, mostly at the top end. Uh, Ohio State. Ryan Day, okay, yes. I mean, they're trying to fix, they're trying to, um, they're trying to adjust that. Um, I don't. But mainly I, I, it's just kind of those two right now that stand yeah, out above the rest. I wouldn't classify Texas that way. I think that Kwiatkowski's a good defensive coach i think they they've poured a lot into that um yeah i think right now that's kind of that's kind of where i'd go the question is is really this and even with extending the playoff out like by one game we've seen how much depth matters and how much having an elite defense wins out the 14 playoff well dude we're about to extend the season out even further in the postseason right yeah. So, is a 12-team playoff going to prevent even more than it has already with the 14-team playoff coaches like Lincoln Riley, Ryan Day, from winning a national championship? With the way that you're going to have to win a national championship going, you know, maybe winning four games to get there. I don't know. I think it just matters, number one, how good are you offensively, like, I, they're going to be good, but are you just like elite, 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 that good? And agent matchups, I think, really matter. I, I think the best way to go about it is to have a well-balanced football team. 
I mean, there, that's just that's the best way to do it. Now, I, that's that's difficult to do. Last year, there was one team that was in the top five of both, and Georgia was. Georgia had a top five offense and the number two defense. So, I mean, that is that's rare, even for national champion teams. I bet they didn't do that the previous year. Um, so, I guess I'm just really curious about mainly more Lincoln Riley than Ryan Day, because you know Ryan Day at least wins games in the Big Ten. He hadn't beaten Michigan right. the past two years, but his record in the Big Ten is pretty good. And I don't doubt Ohio State's ability to, whether they play good defense or not, they're at least going to be in the situation to get high-level athletes on the defensive side. Yeah, Lincoln's blueprint, though, man, like going to the Big Ten here in a couple of years and how different he's going to be, and then if he makes the 12-team playoff, trying to win three, maybe four in a row, Without a great defense, without a great balanced football team, I, I, I don't, I, I, not, I don't worry about him because I don't care if he succeeds. But I, I just, I, I don't feel like he has the right blueprints in this new era to find a way to win a championship. Well, the thing that's going to help him out a lot is how they're doing it through the transfer portal, because I think he, I think Lincoln. Obviously runs a, a incredible offense, recruits offensive players at an incredible level. I think his real blind spot is more recruiting and getting defensive players in. And is it getting, a blind spot or an inability? Well, I don't know. Call it what you want. Uh, recruiting defensive players has been. I think it's it's probably it may be neither. It may just be perception right we're not the only people that think of lincoln riley football teams that way and defensive players have to have to feel that right so that's probably something that they have to fight through um but the transfer portal i think in the nil situation can change a lot of that yeah we'll see i just think we've seen a sport that as the playoff or the postseason's been expanded depth matters more and more um, it's always mattered, but it's mattered even more in the 14 playoff. I'm going to guess it matters even more in the 12 team playoff. And if you just don't have that defensively, then I'm not going to be super confident in a program winning a national championship. Yeah. And I guess I look I look at that program sp- specifically. Here's what's interesting. Listen to this. So in 2021, Ohio State had the number one offense, and this is uh, yards per game. Number one offense, Ohio State. 561 yards a game in 2021. Number two was Western Kentucky. Number three was Virginia. Number four was Coastal Carolina. Number five was Kent State. So you have a blue blood, and then you got, like, non-power fives, and then Virginia's in there too. But last year is interesting, man. Number one offense, Tennessee. Number two, Washington. Number three, USC. Number four, UCLA. Number five, Georgia. That's crazy, dude. And, like, I don't know, but just first glance, I feel like that's transfer portal. You know, non-power five guys maybe losing some of their their top players. I don't know. Maybe it's all. You're talking about the top offenses last year being portal 
portal heavy is, is why? Is that what well, you're saying? Well, I'm saying it's all power five schools. Yeah. Big power five schools, Tennessee, Washington, oh, yeah. USC. Well, it, it, it's just a single example. Maybe it doesn't make the whole point, but look at Kent State. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember how many games they won last year. I think they fell off, but Colin Schley was a nice quarterback. At least we gone. were impressed by him. He's yep. gone. He's at uh, where, UCLA now, I think. Yep. Dante Cephas, I liked him a lot. He's at Penn mm-hmm. State now, right? Coach has gone. Coach offenssive is, coordinator. Yeah. Where, where'd he go? He went. Um, the the the, co- the uh the coach is the OC at. Um, he's not the OC at Colorado, is he? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um. So it's. I I think that's my first reaction to that because you know you're typ- you're used to seeing some of those non-power five schools have some elite offenses, but you know just can't compete whenever they get on a you know, go go see some of those other defenses. But I thought that was just interesting. Well, even the point I guess you weren't trying to make, um, you talked about the top five offenses. Maybe they're, they're portal heavy like those, those non-power five. Tennessee had a transfer quarterback, correct, last year? Yep. Uh, Washington had a transfer yep. quarterback and Michael Penix. What were the other? USC had a transfer yes. quarterback. Uh-huh. UCLA was number four. They had a uh, a thirty five year old quarterback. DTR, yeah, seriously. <laughs> and then and then Georgia, um, JUCO guess, transfer quarterback. It Juco, counts, yeah. huh? Yeah, there you go. Fascinating stuff. All right, let's hit a uh, timeout here, and I'm sure we got some text messages to get to on the other side. Six five one three four three nine Knippelmeyer text line. I'm hanging out at Newcastle Casino today. Stay tuned. Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. Jeff Lister here with Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Have you been looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? We are constantly receiving new inventory and have a wide selection of Silverados and SUVs. The national championship in 2019. The answer to that uh, was 25. Was their total defense? Yeah, which, you know, here's the thing. Like, whenever it comes to when it, when it comes to some of these rankings offensively or defensively, I, there needs to be some eye test involved, too, because um, LSU's offense was number one in the country by a big margin. Like Joe Burrow threw for like almost 70 touchdowns. <laughs> so you're just going to end up being on the field a lot defensively in blowout games where you've scored a ton of points and uh, just human nature, give a rip meter is down. But lower scoring, like whenever you Army and Air Force, like those schools are usually ranked very highly year after year defensively and a lot of it just comes down to the the style of which they play you know what yeah, i'm saying opponents only so, get the ball for eight minutes a game witness right. that firsthand so uh, that's kind of the thing with lsu which you know that's that's fairly balanced if you are the number one offense but you've still got a top 25 defense well, I, that offense was so great they could maybe have had the 125th defense they probably still would have won the title that year well, here's the thing. Joking, obviously, a little bit, but you could have the number 25 defense and win a title when you have an offense like that. Well, they had okay. the number one offense, and we had the number three offense. And, you know, as far as yards per game difference, it was like 30 yards per game difference. I don't know what it was scoring, 
Um, I could look it up. It's probably not that far off scoring-wise, even though their schedule would have been way more difficult than ours. But I, the defensive statistics are going to not be close. Like We weren't close to being top 25 that year. Cherokee Sooner says start, sit, cut, and listen to the three uh, sports radio entities in the market. Nice. <laughs> Guy says nice. that LSU D, 25th because they started off bad. They were playing like a top 10 defense by the end of the year. Yeah. Sure played well in the Peach Bowl. I do remember that. Well, I mean, Amongst a lot things. of that is, is just kind of, like I said, statistically you may not be all that good. A lot of times, like, your your number twos may go in and give up a touchdown in every game after the, the starters have come out. I mean, that's seven points a game is a big deal. No, he was in a lot of close games D. that year. The, the starting O was uh, in most of the action that year. Yeah. A lot of the action. Dallas yeah. Bill says better odds, Lincoln still being at USC or the Pac-12 getting a TV deal. Boy, it's – I'll tell you this much. Uh, I don't know about you. I've been so tuned out of conference realignment talk, maybe because OU's place and all of this has been good for a while. You know where you're going. Heck, you know what the conference schedule is going to look like coming up in 24. I've just been so out on the Pac-12 media deal and who the Big 12 may or may not add. I, I do not care about any of it, man. Yeah. I'm all in on SEC. Yeah, it's like just – Give me a call and let me know whenever something has happened. San Diego State might leave. Uh, that's, that's awesome. I don't care about well, San Diego State. Well, that's the one thing that's funny is San Diego State, I don't know, what are they in the WAC? I don't even know what it's called anymore. What, Mountain West, I think. Mountain West. Well, they told – well, I guess they didn't technically tell them they were leaving, but that's how the Mountain West took it and basically served them papers saying that you're not getting a cut um, and you've got to pay an exit fee. Then the Pac-12 said, actually, uh, no thanks, we're not going to add you, and the Big 12 told them no thanks. So <laughs> they're in a weird spot right now for San Diego Awkward. State. Got a little over their skis, I think. 918 Mule Shoe will be in the NFL next season, so he's not worried about defense. Greg from Lawton says Lincoln will never win a title without an elite defense. This is proven. Um, yeah, others saying, well, Lincoln's not even going to be at USC when they – or in the Big Ten. So why does it matter? Well, that, yeah. that could be the case. Maybe. Could be the head coach th- of the Chargers this time next year. What do you year, think? Do you think he's going to bounce to the league? Um, I th- I don't think it's going to take him very long to do so. I just – I don't think the Big Ten fits him or what he wants to do. I absolutely could see him in the NFL. I, 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 I think the Chargers may be looking for a new head coach after this year, and I think he could be that guy. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I – I feel like his star is going to have to really start to fade in college for him to make the jump. Well, it could, I could be it, wrong. It could after this year, man. It could start. Yeah, they've got a tough. Do you see a him as schedule. a college football lifer, or someone that's going to hop to the league in the next three years? It's it's hard to say. I don't know, and I don't know the dynamic of the whole Big Ten thing. It didn't sound like. He knew about that move, but could be wrong. Maybe he, he did know and was welcomed it and thought it was going to be good, and USC's got the resources to pull it off. I I, I don't know, but it's I can't imagine that he say. would like it. I, I just 
if he gets the right situation with the right quarterback, I could see him jumping to the league. Well, God, yeah. I... And there's a good one with the Chargers right now. Yeah. So Maybe whoever know. gets Caleb Williams will just uh, hire his head coach along with him. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Uh, 24-7 Sports thinks OU Texas is the number 23 most meaningful game this upcoming football season. Woo. Number 23. Texas has uh, two games on this list ranked higher than OU Texas. They've got Texas at TCU at number 20 on the list, and you know they've got Texas at Alabama on this list, and that is all the way inside the top 10 at number 8. Number 8. Yeah. It's weird that – how many non-conference games are in the top ten? Ooh, not – I mean, Florida State at LSU will probably be on there, but I think that's probably it. you got Michigan, Ohio State, LSU at Bama, Michigan at Penn State, um, Georgia at Tennessee, Penn State at Ohio State, Florida State at Clemson, Washington at USC. Yeah, that's that's probably the only one. Yeah, it's the only one. Do you know why? Because it doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter. That game matters or the non-conference doesn't matter? The non-conference, the Alabama-Texas game doesn't matter. It's not going to mean anything, most likely, in in how things are. Like, all of those other games are incredibly important to see who wins the conference. Now, I know that winning the conference isn't the end-all, be-all, with the way that college football is set up right now, but that's it's just it's stupid to suggest that that Alabama and Texas is going to be that meaningful of a game. And you know, I could be wrong on that. Maybe it's going to come down to the loser of that game is going to be left out of the playoff because of it. Nah, but it's going to be the most overhyped game uh, of the entire year. A lot of people yeah. will watch it. It won't be overhyped ratings wise, but. In terms of what I think the end result's going to be and where the two teams go from there, I think it'll be massively overhyped. But it does bring up an interesting point. Schedule Alabama in the non-conference, dude. It's like a risk-free game with the committee. Just play them kind of close and look competitive. You don't even have to win, and nobody even counts it. In fact, people might think even more highly of you if you just play it close. And honestly, think about it. Think about how easy this would be. You just talked to Nick the week leading up. I'm sure there's a typically a phone call between head coaches, you know, just a whatever. You call Nick, listen, we can't compete with you guys, but keep it close with us. We need a little bit of boost, and I know you need to be able to, uh, to rip your players and get them focused moving on. Like, th- let's – you know, this is a little scare game to where you can bring the hammer down on your team. It works for both of us. Let's keep it cordial out there. We'll keep it close. Give the fans what they want. Big ratings. Don't blow us out. Nick will probably oblige. So that's what Lane Kiffin's been doing in that game since he yeah. got to Ole Miss. Okay, makes sense now. Yeah, that's it. Keep it close. Josh Heupel probably said, yeah, Nick, sounds good. We'll do that. And then ended up beating him last year. Just well, because they the – they didn't include the referees on that phone call. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, wow, this is a sick question on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 
from the 918, what if Muleshoe ended up coaching Baker in the NFL? If you root for Baker, then you root for Muleshoe. That'd be tough. I'd still root for Baker, though, somehow. Would you? Okay. At least I think. But that does bring up an interesting question. I mean, some people suggest that maybe he's going to Arizona. I don't know. But if he moves on to the NFL, do you bury the hatchet? Nope. Or, or, no. If he's the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, I won't root for him anymore. I've told you this a few times before. I stand by it. Bury the you're hatchet. Gonna, you're going to wear the grudge like a crown yeah. forever, huh? I am elite at, wear, at keeping grudges, so I don't know why I'd stop here. Hmm. No right. one around here is going to bury the hatchet. That's probably right. And, I think and, that's probably right. And I'll right. be proud of everyone that uh, keeps the – Keeps the grudge as well. Hey, real quick, some Cruton news that just dropped two minutes ago. Ooh. Number one running back, five-star Taylor Tatum. His announcement, July 21st. It's OU and USC. Two schools, July 21st, OU and USC. Now, I think it's good news for OU that he has scheduled an announcement, and it is in the month of July. So, a lot of people feel like OU's the leader here. And I, I think you should view OU as the leader. July 21st, though, OU and USC. Number one running back, five-star. Speaking of burying the hatchet, well, if he goes to USC, someone's going to unearth that hatchet and throw it at Lincoln Riley. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> A couple of people are uh, giving you the uh, tip of the cap for the uh, tool reference that you made. There. Oh, what? Are you kidding me? A couple of people picked up on that. Nicely done out there, folks. Only two, though, so don't get too excited. Okay, but they're on top of their game right now. I like it. Good stuff. All right, we're late for a timeout. Quick break. More from The Rush coming up. Stay tuned. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Through technology, visit us online at rkblack.com or call 943-9800. Most likely to have a strong start and then ultimately fade as the season goes along. I do think that Oklahoma is a team to keep an eye on when looking at this perlative. Is the roster where it needs to be to be able to compete week in and week out at a consistently high level? I look at Oklahoma's schedule and I think it's definitely a very manageable schedule. I believe that. But is there depth where they need to be to get back to within striking distance of the Big 12 championship game? I'm not sure of that. I think they'll drop a few that they shouldn't. And as a result, they'll be a team that's probably sitting in the top 10 through four or five weeks, but ultimately might be lucky to finish in the top 25, top 20 at the very best. Well, Greg McElroy. He is a doubter when it comes to uh, OU this upcoming season. On the uh, on the crap take meter, where do you put that take by Greg McElroy? On a scale of one to Cowherd, where does that one rank for you? Um, I don't know. I'd say it's reasonable, but his like his explanation is weird. It's just like he picked Oklahoma to finish maybe inside the top 25, top 20 if they're lucky, and then 
tried to figure out a way to make it make sense. If, you know what I'm saying? Well, he did make it make sense. In fact, Cherokee Sooner says, okay, now we know Greg McElroy was the one who left crack at the White House. <laughs> then I'm starting to be convinced that that is exactly who, it, who left it there. Which, you know, we haven't even mentioned that situation. If you, there's ever something that shows you how stupid the government thinks you are, is that, like, one of the most secure places in the world, they just don't have a clue how something walked in there and plopped down on a table or wherever it was. No idea. It'd be impossible to figure it out. It's not like there's 10,000 cameras in there and 50 armed guards at all times. Just was there a no line, way we'll Was there a line out. of it left behind in the Lincoln bedroom? They captured that? <laughs> you, you could. There were betting lines for uh, who left it behind. Um, just whatever, however you feel, I, whatever. Um, Hunter Biden was the odds-on favorite, but that was his cocaine left behind. Travis Kelsey had odds. There were a lot of people that ha- had odds there. Okay. Mm. Now we're getting somewhere. Uh, I don't know. I, I know where the sure bet is, but I'm not willing to place a lot of money there. I'm, I would probably have to go down and try and find some odds. Yeah, you know? I uh, I took the value pick and went with Alex Jones at plus 2,000. That's where I'm going with. <laughs> you, you, oh you like that? God. You like that bet? Uh, yeah. If, if, if Alex Jones was within a mile of the White House, he'd be surrounded by armed <laughs> guards instantly. Yet there's uh, no way that they could ever find out who just be such a tedious process to ever figure it out who could have uh, possibly walked into the White House and dropped. I, they could probably follow every single person that's in there, every movement that they make the entire time, but they have no clue. Now when it comes to the crack, yeah. Um, <laughs> some people are disappointed at you that you're not going to keep the uh, the petty along when Muleshoe goes to the NFL. Sean says, Teddy, if you're not petty enough to keep loathing Muleshoe, I'll be forced to stop all press box upgrades in retaliation. Oh, and 832-Muleshoe will always be the enemy until I'm dead or he's dead. Someone else says, I'm moving on from hating TBOW. For instance, if we were at a water park and he caught fire, I'd be fine peeing on him to help him out. <laughs> Okay, follow me. Um, Lincoln Riley, after this season, goes to the National Football League. All right? Uh, It doesn't go well, as it tends to go sometimes in the NFL for college coaches that make the jump. Yeah. If Utah or uh, Kansas State enter the NFC East, he's got some issues. But go ahead. (laughs) Um. Levy leaves after a couple of, I mean, we win a championship this year, and then we, win, we go undefeated the first two years. I care what I happens took, now. I took two pills. I took the national championship Jeez. pill and the undefeated the first two years in the and SEC And the crack pill. left behind at the White House. It was yours. <laughs> All right, let's go. Lincoln Riley's in, in need of an offensive coordinator job. Would the fans welcome his him back as offensive coordinator? Zero, zero percent, zero. Dude, we had the same conversation in December about his brother 
and the text line exploded and said, hell no, we don't like snake blood around here, whatever it was. Hey, I don't even think his brother would be would have been welcomed around here. What if Clemson wins the national championship this year? I don't know if it matters. No, Lincoln will never be, no, 0% chance he'll ever be welcomed back here. No we are, we're willing to steer the plane into the mountain. Yes. Yes. To, to be right yes. about this. Yes. Well, and what's so wrong with that? Nothing. Is there anything wrong with that? Nothing. I've only done that a couple of handfuls of time in my life. All right? And I may still be doing some of them now. Uh, All right. Blank him. He is forever dead to me. Um. Blank his brother, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, heck no. Oops. Hell no. It says <laughs> nice. Captain Willard says correct. Yeah, you fired everyone up now. I mean, okay. Thir- Lincoln's third cousin by marriage will never be welcome, says Blue Whale Sooner. So there you go. In hindsight, he saw a six and seven season coming. Like, I mean, come on. So you think he just got out while the. Well, it was a good time to, to exit. <laughs> yeah. The grenade rolled into the bunker, and he jumped out, and Venables was standing there looking around, and there it went off. So he's a Frenchman is what he is. <laughs> good to know. Uh, we'll take Schnellenberger back before we'll take Lincoln Riley back, says a okay. texter in the uh, 310. Dang. Okay. Well, all right. Well. There's your answer. You, you asked it, and within – 30 seconds, someone said, I'd rather have Schnelly back than him. (laughs) Someone says, blank his brother, blank his third cousin. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Mule shoe can only be be redeemed only by Christ. I'm not that good, says Captain Willard. Well, there you go. There you go. All right, well, that gives us You're the only one not holding the grudge, so I guess you're a better man than all of us. I, I think I've just squeezed everything I can out of it at this point. Um, speaking of ready to start the healing squeezing process, squeezing everything you can. One more before we hit a break. Nine one eight. I would rather see Jimbo in a gold thong than to have Lincoln Riley back. <laughs> you asked for it. Even, you I know, you know how these that. people respond to these types of things. You knew what you're getting into. I can't even remember that that original. I know the gold thong was a thing, but I don't remember what the original. By any of our six Oklahoma dealerships or visit FowlerAuto.com to see the Fowler standard hard at work. We pride ourselves on being friendly, helpful, honest, and fair. That is what drives us every day. Fowler Auto Group, a proud partner of OU Athletics. Final segment of the day, wrapping it up on this Monday. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour. Breaking news in college football. It's official. There is a head coaching vacancy in the Big Ten. Pete Thamel says sources Northwestern has fired head coach Pat Fitzgerald. Crazy. You know the, uh, the last win Pat Fitzgerald had at Northwestern? The last what? Last win he had at Northwestern. Uh, Nebraska. Nebraska last August. Whew. Northwestern started 1-0 and and lost 11 straight to end the year. Ouch. They won more well, games in uh, Ireland than they did in the uh, continental United States last year. Well, it's a good thing they got that win because you'd have to go much further back. That is true. At least you can go back to Dublin. That story's crazy, man. Um, like the allegations and what came out, 
were wild. Then the players put out a statement in support of their coach. And then did you see the like the I guess either a current player or a former player that knows the player that made the allegations is saying that it's made up and he's he told him he was just trying to yes. get coach Fitzgerald fired. Correct. It's, I, I feel it's like crazy. it was the student newspaper that really opened things back up. It yeah. felt like it was kind of closed and like, all right, two weeks, won't pay you. And then the student newspaper did that story, and that's when everything opened back up and led to his eventual firing. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, Northwestern's not a big-time enough program to where it's probably really going to matter, but this late in the process, I wonder if they'll just go interim or try to hire someone. I, I would guess just an interim head coach and hire someone at the end of the season. How do you know that Pat Fitzgerald isn't going to stage a coup like Bob Huggins is at West Virginia right now? He could. Hey, you can uh, fire me, but I ain't leaving. Well, three. It's going to be three weeks after the fact too, like Huggins, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like kind of just issued a statement today. Gone like, everything. It's like no, I still work here. I'll be in the uh, gym tomorrow if anyone needs to come talk to or me. Practice the, uh, starts at nine a.m. Boys, do it like the uh, the Russian coup. It didn't even last twenty four hours before it ended. Yeah, still weird. Uh, it's it's wild. Both of those situations are uh, fascinating, and I'm just interested to see how the dust settles on both of them. I love the mindset of our fan base. First question: Does Northwestern have any grad transfers we can pluck? <laughs> Take advantage that. of their misfortune. I wish uh, PJ Adabari's brother was still there. That'd be an no answer. No kidding. He went no off to the draft. Uh, there's private jets from everywhere in the country landing in Chicago right now to start sifting through that Northwestern uh, roster. Uh, so true. Sad, but true. Yeah. It's mm. uh, today's college. So so good luck. A- at least the new head coach will have some pretty amazing uh, facilities out there. They got that going for him. Yeah, right on the lake. Really nice. Uh, just try to like put it into some of the weirdness that's going on there i guess allegedly i don't know pretty weird gotta admit pretty weird stuff come on guys all right quick <laughs> quick timeout. that's actually it for us yeah that's <laughs> it Are you, you, you staying on here have fun i'm out oh text line was awesome as always you guys drive the show we're just along for the ride You can tell I need one. Let's all go have an ice cold Pacifico. Closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you're listening to the home of Sooner fans. K.